0: is episode 21 of Herpological Highlights. I'm Ben Marshall and co-hosting as always is Tom Major. And this week we have an episode chosen by the people. Um,
1: yeah, it was chosen by uh, Joseph. Well, it was suggested by Joseph, um, Joseph Crawley, but then we put it to a vote. With another option, and luckily, Forgive us monitors won.
0: What do you mean, luckily?
1: I voted for them. Oh, I I actually voted the other way. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I mainly voted for them because I knew you'd vote the other way. <laughs> no, I guess. But, um, <laughs> so we absolutely
0: had no influence on which of the two episodes, really.
1: Yeah. No. Well, I, you know, the public made up the majority of the votes, and they decided yeah. to forgive us monitors. But um, you know, in. Uh, in true kind of pointless democratic style, we'll probably do UK native snakes in a week or two anyway.
0: Oh, definitely. Those other yeah. papers are cool too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did actually have papers lined up for both, so that'll be uh, that will be in the works anyway. Um, but yeah, thank you, Joseph Cawley, for the suggestion. He's the guy from mm. uh, Vienna University who studies the fish that we can't pronounce.
0: The fish that we can't pronounce? That yeah, doesn't for...
1: narrow it down. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but... Uh, there it is cheers joseph and I think Tell you um, what,
0: I was actually talking of fish I was reading some cool fish related research okay because I've been reading um improbable destinies mm. uh, by losos losos however you pronounce his name apologies and he's talking about guppies and convergent guppy evolution when you when you put them in different places with different predators and different pebble
1: sizes and stuff. It's pretty really cool. Really cool. impressive. Guppies, I would imagine, evolve quite readily and rapidly, now. Yeah, apparently. Real
0: quick. So quick to <laughs> do experiments on them. that's <laughs> wow. awesome.
1: That's really cool. So what is an adaptation for a more pebbly bottom?
0: Well, it's like, uh, higher predator pressure means that the males are going to be drabber and less colorful Mm. and the spot size of you know patterning seems to be relatively related to pebble size and like substrate texture
1: cool oh that's really cool oh man wicked oh yeah because they actually raised the guppies Uh, yeah they put them above
0: waterfalls where there was no guppies before Mm. and different populations changed in different ways and different Uh. predator pressures and
1: Ah, yeah. Okay, because yeah, I know some labs things. some labs raise fish with um, predators in the adjacent tank to monitor their behaviour and they, they look at like behavioural responses to predators and I don't know if that's tied into evolution Yeah, but, there's um,
0: another one that I'm, he's talking about currently with sticklebacks and them running experiments with sticklebacks that have trout in with them which ah. will predate them and sticklebacks without them and yeah it's really neat Cool. And tell you what, there's definitely an episode's worth of research out there on uh, Anolis lizards, or anoles, however you want to pronounce it.
1: I think I pronounce it anoles. Okay. Who says Anolis? Well, Am I being. Uh, to be honest with well, you. The, maybe, the I,
0: genus is Anolis, right? I
1: listened to a podcast the other day about. Uh, I still want to say cephalopods, you know, squid and octopus, mollusks. Yeah, cephalopods. Nah, it's definitely cephalopods but uh, um, it really i don't know that's the thing i think they're actually interchangeable one scientist was saying one and then saying the other and she was confusing the hell out of me i was like what <laughs> i think she, i think she was doing it intentionally to make the point that they're completely interchangeable but um cephalopods still sounds weird to me because you wouldn't say cotation for a, a weird or dolphin
0: no but do they do, do those words come from the same origin cuz i think that's well, the point with cephalopod cephalopods is that you would say cephalopod in the yeah okay the word that it comes from
1: pachycephalosaurus yeah that's like the dome-headed dinosaur which yeah phryotuck yeah phryotuck monster yeah Um, I don't know uh, (laughs) Um, they the pompadour yeah yeah, they have like you know because ceph is or is it ceph something ceph is head right in either ancient greek or latin um, and so that you say you don't say Pachycephalosaurus. Well, maybe at you least should. I don't. This is the thing
0: you've you've drawn <gasps> on another example, which uh, might also of, be done wrong.
1: Yeah, is it quite possible I'm making? a sort of like I'm I'm drawing I'm drawing a comparison from another mistake I'm making.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Oh well, we'll never know. Scholars maintain the actual pronunciation has been lost to time. It's been lost lost in time. Yeah. Uh, But we're not talking about cephalopods today, not much, anyway. We're going to be talking about, like you said, monitor lizards, and specifically ones that eat fruit, which, uh, yeah, I mean, that's mental. What are they doing eating fruit?
0: Well, it tastes good, provides nutrients, (laughs) sustenance, doesn't Mm. run away.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty chill life, actually. One
0: of the main benefits of fruit. Yeah. It's incapable of fleeing.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't really fight back, generally speaking. I mean, you know, if you get a particularly spiky coconut...
0: Mm, pineapples no, do, don't
1: they? they start. Yeah I, meant...
0: yeah,
1: I meant pineapple. Coconuts aren't... They're not spiky, they're hairy.
0: Well, I was thinking, aren't pineapples... Don't they have some sort of enzyme that slightly starts digesting you as you eat it? What? Isn't that a thing with pineapple?
1: It can't be about much of it, or it would come with a warning, no? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> find us in the, find pineapples in the biohazard aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Handle them with
0: gloves. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah,
1: to be fair though, there's like certain chili sauces you have to eat wearing gloves, and because if you get if you get it on your skin, it like seeps into your skin and could do your skin damage.
0: So why do you put it in your mouth? That's well, a real the real question every,
1: Everyone knows the mouth is much less sensitive than the skin. <laughs> This is absurd. Yeah, it's mad. Right, so uh, should we get on to the first paper? Yes, which would be... Law, Decourt and Van Weird, 2016, Morphology, Activity Area and Movement Patterns of the Frugivorous Monitor Lizard Varanus Bittertower, Herpetological Conservation and Biology. Hmm.
0: tower, then. Quite a big monitor lizard, right?
1: Hmm. Uh, Biggest yeah, like-
0: ever recorded... Uh- was 180 centimetres long and weighed nine kilograms.
1: Wow, that's massive. It's a bit of a beast. It's a big lizard. The biggest one they had in this study was five kilograms, I think. A tiddler. Yeah, well, compared to that brute. But then again, their methods were pretty intrusive. I I don't think you'd want to be wrangling a nine kilogram one if you could wrangle a five in its place.
0: I think even wrangling a five, you're liable to get uh, scratched and tail whipped. Mm. If you're not
1: careful. Yeah, yeah some nasty scratches. Um, but yeah, so monitor lizards. We've talked a little bit about monitor lizards before because we did that episode on uh, Megalania, komodos. didn't we? Yeah, and Komodos. Um, but theres Komodos. Eight... Yes, that's right. It was Komodos. Oh, it was
0: Venomous. No, it was Venomous varanids.
1: It was Venomous Lizards, wasn't it? Because we had beaded venomous and healer monsters. yes. And then we kind of, we got frightened about talking about Toxic and a bit confused, so we didn't,
0: we'll come back to that one day yeah
1: we've got plans for that so uh, yeah there's 80 approximately 80 species of monitor lizard Uh, they're all in the genus Varanus Um, there's another monitor lizard called the earless monitor lizard which is Lanthanotus borneensis but um, I don't know I don't know it's not really it's not in the same I don't even know how to describe it it's not a proper monitor lizard. It's it's an anguimorph, the same as monitor lizards, but it's not like a true true monitor lizard. Well,
0: it's because it doesn't have any ears.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's a freak. Yeah, but they're quite cool. But yeah, you know they're, they're not. Yeah, they're related to it, but they're in a different family. They're from Lanth, Lanthanotidae. Um So while related to monitor lizards, they're not from varanidae, are therefore the genus varanus. So um, they're different, and we're Yeah, we're getting sidetracked by that anyway. So, um, yeah, Varanids first appeared, well, the first fossil records of them, it's not to say they necessarily first appeared, but the first fossil records are in the late Cretaceous period, so pre-65 million years ago. Um, So they did coexist with dinosaurs. They therefore also survived the, well, what was probably a meteorite, which stopped all the dinosaurs dead in their (laughs) tracks. Stopped them. Stop yeah. right there, dinosaur. <laughs> you go, yeah, go well, further. The I dinosaur you thing was getting out of hand. Seeds. Yeah. You, you, the din- you're coming through. The dinosaurs were getting ridiculous. So, yeah, uh, meteorite came, put an end to all that. But <laughs> the crafty monitor lizards survived. <laughs> I uh, just love the idea of this. Oh, these dinosaurs are going out of hand. <laughs> They're just too the successful. Somebody's gotta to... we've got to sort uh, this out now. <laughs> earth, the earth itself was a Mammoth don't a, have a chance. A hostage on its own planet. It's just like these terrible <laughs> beasts roaming around everywhere, making crazy noises stupid ornamentation and you know, thank God for everyone involved, a meteorite came and stopped it all. <laughs> Your dino decadence ends today. Yeah which allowed sort of smaller failure animals to eventually turn into giant apes that could then pillage the, yeah, pillage to, pillage the world in a hitherto, <laughs> hitherto unknown way. Yeah. Oh, so, it's tragic, isn't it? It's a, it's a damn shame. But yeah, so these lizards, genus Varanus, 80 species, um, they vary in size from the Komodo dragon and the extinct Varanus priscus, a.k.a. Megalania, which is just a behemoth of a lizard. Mm. Um, Komodos are sort of three meters long, total length, Including the tail, and 80 kilograms. And then the smallest is the Dampier Peninsula monitor, aka Varanus sparnus of Western Australia, which only weighs 23 grams and measures a measly 23 centimeters from head to tail tip.
0: Ah, pocket lizard.
1: Yeah, they're weird looking as well. I saw a video of one, and it's like a, it's like a sausage with really small arms on the side. You know, like you, you know, you just associate like skinks. Yeah, exactly. Like a it reminds skink. you of skink. Yes, sort of fossorial skink looking thing. Um, But obviously like the kind of inquisitive face and and seeming intelligence of a monitor lizard. It's actually a really cool lizard. Do you have a link to that video that we
0: could put in the show notes?
1: Um, no. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I can find it again for sure, yeah. I'll make a note of it and I'll do that. Awesome. No, this video is only for me. (laughs) Private monitor lizard video. It was part of a National Geographic article, because that lizard wasn't long ago described, so, yeah. Actually it would have been a good species to buy week but neither of us managed to find it. Damn. Okay. I've written, make note of the video of Varanus Eye <laughs> <laughs> Varanus titch. Yeah, they had one in captivity and they called it pokey. That's quite a cute name. Yeah, it's a pretty adorable lizard. Okay. So there's three species of these fruit-eating monitors. Um, Varanus bitatawa, Varanus olivaceus, and Varanus... What was the third one? Uh, Mabitang. Mabitang. And, um, yeah, they're all found in the Philippines uh, on different islands. So bitatawa is from Luzon. Uh, Mabitang is from Panay. And olivaceus is from... Manila, so South Luzon, Polilo, and also the Catanduanes Islands. So yeah, pretty sure their ranges don't overlap, but um, you know, it's not impossible. Yeah, and uh, the one we're talking about, Varanus Bitter Tower, was only described in 2010, and it was a bit of a shock to science. I remember there was National Geographic articles and all sorts, because um, this giant lizard that's like six feet long, had been kind of just lurking in the woods and no one had really taken their time to describe it. Local hunters knew about it. And the reason they actually sort of started investigating whether or not there might be a new species is because there were some photos that surfaced in 2001 showing some hunters posing with an unusual lizard. Because um, <laughs> they're quite a sort of... Um, they're really striking. Yeah, they are. They, they've got a lot of yellow on them. A lot more than, you know, most monitor lizards, once they get big, they're kind of... Uh, mostly grey I mean that's a bit of a generalisation you know like parentis well, and stuff like that are pretty colourful but yeah but they're, they're more yellow than you'd expect yeah definitely they've got a they gorgeous
0: are. stripy tail and they've got nice sort of yellow spots on them they're a good looking a good looking monitor lizard
1: yeah and um, yeah they're also sort of I mean the indigenous people of the Philippines are well aware of these lizards they've been eating them for you know ages and ages uh, but obviously, they'd passed science by. So it's quite cool to get a lizard like this in in 2010. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, the whole reason we're talking about them, the whole reason that, um, you know, is of interest is because they're free which for monitor lizards is really bizarre because um, at least I, and I think most other people, associate monitor lizards with eating insects, fish, animals, you know.
0: A sort of scavenger generalist, but more... Yeah meat than anything else yeah
1: yeah so lots of scavenging you know incredible sense of smell forked tongues but um yeah you know they'll also eat eggs and stuff like that you know nile monitors well known for digging up the nests of crocodiles rumor has it that's how monitor lizards got their name was the nile monitor lizards keeping an eye out for crocodiles coming up the bank when they're digging up their nests
0: Hmm.
1: monitoring the surroundings another more brutal story which i looked up today was that um apparently in ancient egypt they would chain a monitor lizard by its front arms to a rock. And uh, when they wanted to go swimming, they'd take a look and see what the monitor lizard was doing. And if it was thrashing around trying to get away, it meant that there was a crocodile nearby. And if it was just relaxing peacefully, then no, there wasn't. But uh, I don't know. That Hmm. seems a bit, seems a bit grisly and I kind of prefer. It's a shame
0: they chained into a rock as opposed to, I don't know, had him on a little cute lead or something.
1: Yeah, I know. It's brutal. And um, they could have just, you know, watched the local monitor lizards. I mean, they're, You know, they kind of have a territory, I think. So (laughs) probably could just get to that out, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, these monitor lizards eat fruit, which is odd. Monitor lizards are known, and actually, monitor lizards are even known to eat human corpses. Nice. Yeah, which is pretty gross. Although I do think when I die, just throw me to the monitors.
0: That's cool. Yeah, you know, I think it's like a sky burial.
1: Exactly, crows on a hillside. I want, I want to be thrown in the canal and left for the monitor lizards.
0: Oh, the great circle of life.
1: Yeah. And actually in Sri Lanka, they've, uh, there's a there's a paper in Biohack uh, by Gunawardina in 2016. And there's actually been numerous occasions where coroners in Sri Lanka have accidentally believed that there was a violent crime because they'd find a body with like severe lacerations on the forearms. Just a bunch of monitor lizards. Yeah. And they look like they've sort of had some knife attacks you know, the sort of defensive wounds you get in a knife attack where someone's trying to slash and people put their arms up and you get the big cuts down the yeah. of the forearms. Well, they see those and assume foul play. And um, in at least one occasion, someone's been missed. There's been a mistrial where someone has been found guilty of a murder they didn't commit and the person wasn't even murdered. They just were, you know, kind of picked at by monitor lizards after they died. And that's some, crazy. Some poor sod went to jail for it.
0: But really, the monitor lizard should have been in jail.
1: Yeah, well, no, they were just cleaning up the pieces, you know, looking up. <laughs> They're basically like the Wombles of nature. If a human being is rotting in a canal, they'll go along and eat them rather than letting them...
0: That's what them. the Wombles were known for.
1: <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen the Wombles, you know, don't watch it with kids because it's pretty graphic. <laughs>
0: or a <no-co>, no no!
1: <laughs> it puts that theme tune in horrible perspective when you realise what they are actually doing.
0: <laughs> oh, the wombats!
1: Yeah, but also I just want to shout out Biowack great journal, freely yes. available, all about monitor lizards. Um, Biowack actually means monitor lizard in Malay, and um, that's okay. But if you say the word for monitor lizard in Thailand, as we both know, Ben, it's a terrible insult, and it is a terrible it's... insult. Yeah, which is
0: a shame for the monitor
1: lizards, really, because they're perfectly charming. They are, but it also has meant that alongside the name being an insult, it's really bad luck to kill them in Thailand. So, I mean, that's good. Mm. They get bloomin' big in
0: Thailand Yeah, they too. do. They get yeah, fat.
1: the water monitors, Varana Salvatore, which is the same ones that in Sri Lanka are causing all the uh, misidentified murder wounds. Um, they just get absolutely gargantuan in the waterways of Bangkok and stuff, don't they? They
0: mm. love it. They have a good
1: life. I perceive them to have a great life as well. They swim around in the filthy water. They eat all the dead bits and bobs.
0: Yeah. I mean, they look fat and happy.
1: They do. They and can't they're really... be all that
0: stressed out, surely, because I don't think anybody really messes with them because well, it would be very unwise
1: to. Yeah. They're pretty well habituated.
0: Yeah. Shall we get back to actually talking about this paper? <laughs>
1: I mean, we can. I mean, I've got some more, like, monitor lizard chat. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> joking. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, in- intersperse it in a second. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I just like them. They're oh, excellent. Uh, yeah. Fruiting monitors only found in the Philippines. Um, like we said, there's three species. They're not St. Patrick. Their ranges don't overlap. Um... And no other monitor lizards really eat fruit. I may, I've got another little aside, actually. I remember there's a monitor lizard called Varanus togianus, which is a Sulawesi water monitor. So obviously it's from the island of Sulawesi in Indonesia. And um, this monitor lizard was hit by a car. And what happened was the some scientists passed by so it had been hit by a car. And so they opened it up. And um, they found it was full of little pieces of coconut. Which is highly unusual, because obviously, we just discussed, they don't really generally eat fruits and vegetables. And what they decided was that where people had been laying out the coconut, when you make coconut oil, you have to lay out coconut, and it eventually sort of uh, ferments and produces this oil, which everyone yeah. will know from cooking and stuff. Um, but apparently the process that it undergoes prior to that makes a really bad smell that kind of smells like rotting flesh. Oh, the
0: monitor sidled up and just had a little snack.
1: Yeah. So this monitor had mis- first of all it had mistaken coconut for flesh, and then it got hit by a car. Oh. <laughs> so it was probably not the smartest. Having a monitor bad lizards. day. Yeah. Eat some coconut. Day. Play it in the be,
0: road. Maybe it got hit by the car because it ate a bunch of fermented coconut.
1: Could be. Slightly yeah.
0: drunk monitor lizard gets hit by a car.
1: Yeah, that would be. That ba- I mean, that is a more tragic end.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that was from Cock and Arida, 2017. That I think it's oh. another Biowack paper crazy yeah so anyway the paper in hand
0: yeah the game plan basically was to find out information about uh bitter tower and how it lived its life and the first thing you've got to do when you're investigating a is catch them down track them down and catch them right
1: yeah that's the most fun way anyway
0: (laughs) yeah they uh their, their sort of successful method for doing that was they had a local hunter's dog find the lizards and then they noosed them. So they had a big stick with a bit of string on the end and snuck it round the lizard's neck while it wasn't looking and scooped classic, them
1: up. Your classic pooch noose. Yeah. That dog thing didn't end well for one of the lizards, though, did it? There was an accidental casualty. The dog got a bit overexcited.
0: Yeah, it did injure a juvenile. I don't think it killed it, though. No. Well, it, they. I think they used the term "injured." I think it was injured.
1: <laughs> it was a very careful use of language.
0: <laughs> one juvenile individual oh, received. Like, oh, sorry, fatal injuries upon yeah.
1: dog from the dog upon capture. So the dog, the same one that got hit by got hit by a car. It's like smeared all over the road. Oh, that's <laughs> injured. It's, it's injured. <laughs> it's a nasty <laughs> it's injury. It's been a
0: terrible injury. Yeah.
1: No injuries, suggests recoverable. I think this thing was mauled to death.
0: Yeah. So the dog wasn't a perfect solution
1: no but I guess you know these when you employ a hunter to catch something for conservation it, it, it is a possibility that it might go that way because obviously yeah. they, normally they'll be hunting them which is you know fair enough
0: well above me you don't want a dog mauling your food
1: well I don't know there's a difference between a a diet of snails and fruit or a diet of delicious delicious monitor lizard I'll take a few bite marks off it in a monitor lizard
0: yeah I suppose
1: If you're going to eat it. Anyway, Anyway. yeah. This study was on Luzon, which is a large island in the north of the Philippines, um, in the mountains to the east of the island, known as the Northern Sierra Madre Range, which is also the range that gives this species its common name, the Northern Sierra Sierra Madre monitor Lizard. Mm. Uh, And they didn't give the coordinates of exactly where they took the study because they didn't want hunters to come. And
0: well, hunters s- and collectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M-
1: principally collectors. Um,
0: so, I have a fun aside relating to this. Well, I suppose it's not all that fun, but there are fun aspects.
1: <laughs>
0: um, there's a paper, a 2014 Bennett paper, that's talking about uh, what he terms the dubious account of breeding uh, Varanus olivaceus in captivity. Oh, yeah. And basically saying, oh, this doesn't seem particularly likely. They've got pictures of, you know, the juveniles and none of the eggs and stuff. And it was all a bit mm. shaky. And it's also, there's a couple of anecdotes about other instances where at one time some people tried to pass off uh, a broken chicken egg as the egg that these, these <laughs> monster lizards had come out of. They were, <laughs> they uh, were found must out. must be a reputable I source. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, that's weird. I mean, yeah Very odd But the point is, they're basically these people faking these breeding records So they can get around uh, CITES export permits uh, Restrictions
1: Because
0: hmm. these are all protected species and can't just be traded freely They have to be monitored <laughs> Whoa, zing But, um yeah, apparently there are people out there willing to fake accounts, and that was just a not something you hear about very frequently, I don't think.
1: Yeah, actually, interestingly, in the same vein, um, on the same species, Varanus um there's a Biowack paper where one was listed for sale. I, th- I, You know, it says on a popular social media site. We can probably assume which social media site it was. Um, I think
0: it might have been Facebook. They just got hammered hard for uh, something else, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like who it is, it was Facebook. But yeah, they basically had a a photo of Varanus olivaceus. And it wasn't even like a cute little baby monitor. It was like some hulking beast that this this man is like struggling to contain. Hatchling like, monitor for sale. He's got the face of a man who's trying to sell a vicious animal and make it look like he's holding a friendly animal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, unfair to call it vicious. It's probably terrified for its life. But anyway... Um, yeah, there was one that was offered for sale in a, uh, there's a paper about it by Sai 2012. It's in, it's in Biowack again in the show notes, but do you care to guess Ben how much it was for sale for?
0: 502 pounds.
1: Okay. My price is in dollars. So try again in dollars. I don't know why. I don't actually know what a dollar conversion
0: 725 rate. pounds.
1: Dollars. No, more, mate. Is a lot more. It's 2,380 US dollars, which is 100,000 Philippine pisos.
0: Hey, that's a a monitor lizard from Waitrose, that is.
1: Yeah, mate. Deluxe. But uh, whether or not it sold, I don't know.
0: Well, I can only hope it didn't, and uh, whoever was selling it got somehow reprimanded, right?
1: Yeah, we can only hope the monitor lizard is back in the trees
0: eating its fruit, living its monotonous life.
1: And the occasional snail.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, because they also eat snails occasionally. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This study, they basically followed them. You were going to tell us all about the method they used to follow them. I have a suspicion.
0: Well, I was going to say, so they captured them with a noose. They noosed them. They measured SVL, tail length, uh, circumference of the head, uh, fatness, <laughs> <Boy's> <laughs> point of fatness. the body, fatness,
1: you know, oh, fatness on the hamburger scale,
0: <laughs> head length, head width, head depth, that sort of stuff, uh, limb length and weight, you know, normal. Details, man. Stuff. Details. Um, so you've got all these morphometrics to go with it, so you can then see how they influence what the monitors are doing when you get the the movement data and stuff. And the movement data is a little bit unusual. We usually talk about radio telemetry as the go-to method for tracking animals. These guys went for a slightly lower tech approach where they attach a spool of yarn or string to the, uh, the tail of the monitor in a location that the back legs can't get at and then you release them on their way and off they go with this 300 meter long bit of string attached to them and you follow the string and you can see where they've been and what trees they've gone up and where they go. And their little monitor lizard
1: adventures—it's so cool. I love it. It'd be so fun to follow the trail. I'd be giggling the whole time. <laughs> it went up here. Oh, it went down there. Oh, running to the next tree. It'd be so funny. And you come what a the great end way and to study reptile. You find
0: a, a large lapid on the end, and you think, "Oh, they went inside that snake."
1: How <laughs> an unusual behavior. Yeah. Yeah, the cool thing about that, and obviously a massive advantage of a radio telemetry, is you get like way finer scale measurements of what they've been doing. Obviously, yes, there can be some confounding factors, with, like you know, with anything when it's just cotton spool hanging from a tree, it could be misinterpreted. But it's really cool.
0: It is. It's 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 a shame. It's only sort of three hundred meters worth of information. Because if you could get that over an entire year or something, holy smokes! One day GPS stuff will be able to.
1: You know, do that. Well, I mean it already count for things like um, sloths and chimps.
0: Can it go to that level of accuracy? I mean Well,
1: I mean you've got you've got a combination of um, obviously GPS location data and then combine that with accelerometers which tell you if things that are ascending, descending. Mm you got a reasonable, you know, you can, yeah. there's there's 3D spatial maps of penguin dives, and they are mesmerizing to look at. It's they incredible. So, yeah, I don't think it's probably that far off for of monitor lizards. It's probably 10 years' time that would be totally doable. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, it would be so cool to see, especially if you've got, like, you know, LiDAR data, and you can just actually plot which tree it went up, how long it was up there. You can see it going to the edge of the limb. It would be so cool. Just
0: virtual monitor tracking. would be Literally. phenomenal.
1: Yeah, in 10 years' time, biologists won't even have to venture outside. We'll have a drone to attach the transmitter <laughs> to the monitor lizard. We'll have to take loads of vitamin D supplements.
0: Or just just work outside, but on a computer.
1: Yeah, anyway, without venturing too far into a dystopian future, uh, we should probably get back to the monitors. And what were they doing? So, yeah, they were kind of um, going around... Pretty much straight lines from tree to tree, climbing trees, and seemingly eating the fruit at the tops of them.
0: Yeah, and occasionally jumping from tree to tree, like ten yeah. meters up in these in this canopy, and jumping from tree to tree. Pretty impressive for a monitor lizard that yeah, can that's weigh really up to cool. nine kilograms.
1: Yeah, that's really incredible. Yeah, it must make a pretty loud crash when they jump through the trees. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I doubt they're the most uh, subtle of lizards when they don't want (laughs) to
1: No, so yeah, so they were doing that, and they were also hiding out in tree hollows and cavities, and that's kind of their life, a simple life of a monosolid, going from tree to tree, eating some delicious fruit, and Mm. uh, yeah, spending the nights in hollows and trees.
0: Yeah, that was the sort of point. They're most active um, around the middle of the day, which makes sense for a lizard, being ectothermic they have a bit of time to warm up and then they have their peak activity over midday and then yeah retreating back into hollows
1: yeah and they were sort of moving their mean daily distance moving on the ground so how far they were going every day was about 516 meters and in trees it was about another 500 meters um and the sort of average distance between trees was 80 meters so you know they're they're active but i mean not hugely so they're basically like we said going between trees going up and down the trees eating the fruit they've got pretty they've got it sorted out pretty well the only other thing yeah. they were occasionally doing um, was sort of going on little quick diversions to rotting logs um, and the idea behind that was they think to eat snails
0: yeah exactly have a bit of fruit and a bit of snail a bit of fruit a bit of snail back yeah. and forth and so they're not
1: strictly frigivorous, they also eat snails, which would make them molluscivorous frigivorous monitors.
0: Yes, if that's the right word for eating snails.
1: <laughs> it is. I yeah? checked on the internet.
0: Nice. <laughs> so it's also worth mentioning that these are quite sort of um, short time frame bits of tracking. Mm. Like 4 to 17 days. Yes. mean of 11 days. So it's quite a sort of short snapshot into these monitor lizards' lives, because you do expect some sort of seasonality, even with tropical ectotherms. really.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean... um, Especially breeding or non-breeding. Yeah, these lowland dipterocot forests have pronounced wet and dry seasons, so yeah, it would make sense that the fruits are out at certain times of the year and aren't at other times of the year.
0: yeah. Yeah, so what did we see? We saw males had a larger activity range than females. of 22,000 metres squared, which I believe is, what, 2.2 2 hectares?
1: Um, I'm not going to yeah. disagree with you. I think it's 2.2
0: hectares. 2. And then we had females that would only move uh, 0.5 of a hectare.
1: So... Males more active than females. Mm. Uh, Which males is something with larger you see... body size.
0: Yeah, yeah, that too. Which is something you see in a lot of species, I feel.
1: Yeah, males tend to roam around either looking for mates or if, I guess, if they're bigger, they need more food, so they're having to travel further.
0: Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's. I don't know, reading through the discussion of this paper, it, it all sounded very familiar because it was all. Because we're talking about quite a small sample size here of a couple of females and three males, I think it was. Yeah. For the tracking. Yeah. So two males, three females.
1: Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, my mistake. You're right.
0: And everything, you know, it's all the beginnings of these cool correlations of, yeah, okay, bigger ones moving further. That makes sense. Males moving further than females makes sense. or You know, it's all, all tallying up, but with such small sample sizes, every sort of section they discussed had this caveat of wasn't tracked for very long, yeah, uh, small sample size. And it's just, oh, it's just so close to being awesome. And it's, it's just frustrating because I've written stuff with those exact same caveats. <laughs> and yeah. It's just, I feel these guys is is paid not having a slightly bigger sample size and just oh if we could just double the length of time they were tracked you'd just be able to make so many more inferences
1: yeah we alluded to this earlier it's just so incredibly um sort of time consuming and expensive not obviously this methodology but you know having people in the field to follow monos lizard cotton trails yeah it's not a very sort of cost effective or time effective way of conducting ecological research and the yeah. same goes for radio telemetry of snakes and lizards it's really really high intensity you've got to be out there for long hours and so yeah like we said earlier once you have the the dawn of gps and satellite data coming in and actually being affordable and compact enough it will completely change the game for these animals i hope so because i feel like we are missing out on some of the really cool subtleties
0: of these these animals lives
1: mm, yeah and the thing is as well on the time frames you talk about even things like breeding behaviors even can, yeah you know you're gonna see them likely once a year so that's if you can't get loads of animals doing the same thing at the same time that's like so many years to do it to see if it's not exactly. complete anomaly yeah yeah but it's, um go it's
0: a fantastic start i love it for a start and I, I, I sympathised with the discussion just so much <laughs> <laughs> It's just so, so similar limited yeah. sample size stuff and you say, oh,
1: yeah. yeah But this is a journal which is ideal for stuff like this, Herpcom Bio isn't it, you know, it's open yep. access it's, you know, it's a little bit less intense, and as long as these papers come with those caveats and you can understand them in context and not, you know take everything they say as lore about these creatures, then it's fine
0: I think that's what's important. Yeah, I think that's um, what we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss in relation to the second paper or what the second paper mentions. It's good that it's all mentioned. That it is. It is all caveated. It's not just left out there as you know. This is what we've got because it's very obvious with the with the sample size. You're like, oh, okay, well, for these ones, it's de-, you know that's what happened. But you're not gonna
1: yeah you just want it done more again (laughs) (laughs) well maybe they will in time so with regards to the conservation of this animal there's a local organization called the Mabuaya Foundation and they've started implementing education and communication programs with local communities Um, they've done a big big thing on the Philippine crocodile which is also an endangered species Mm. which I should say is an endangered species this one does not have an IUCN red list um assessment yet not yet um but the other two forgiveness monitors do mabitang is endangered and Olivatius is vulnerable which we can start to talk about now if you'd like yeah should we move on to paper two and varanus Olivatius?
0: yeah let's move on to paper two So paper two. I've always already mentioned Bennett, but this is another Bennett paper, 2014 as well, actually in the same uh, same uh, issue of BioWAC. The arboreal foraging behavior of the frugivorous monitor lizard Varanus olivaceus on poly. How are we going with this? This is
1: polylo. Mate, go as go as crazy as you want. Poly- Low.
0: Polylo Island
1: Yes Poly I think low what Island. happened
0: was I saw That there is an L, an I And two L's next to each other And my eyes couldn't work out How many I's yeah. and L's there are next to I wrote each it in other. capital
1: letters because it was confusing me so much <laughs> Yeah, It's just Pollo. <laughs>
0: should have Put this in a serif font uh,
1: Yeah so Varanus olivaceus, as we just discussed Grey's Monitor, they're obligate fruit eaters, uh, so they have to eat fruit um, as opposed to facultative frugivores, which eat fruit among other things um, and like the ones bit of the tower we just discussed, they also eat the odd snail um, and the background of this paper was that in 1988 Offenberg, in a paper claimed that these beasts oh, only book. ate it was a book, wasn't it's it? A, You're quite it's right. a big book, I think yeah you did say that actually Yeah, um, Prior to the show That wasn't earlier in the show That was before the show you said that In 1988 Walter Offenberg claimed that these beasts Only eat fruit from the ground um, Like sort of sorry little fruit scavengers yeah. Waiting patiently at the bottom of a tree For the fruit to fall But um, Bennett Actually suspected that they Climbed to the top of the trees and feasted on the fruits. So Bennett set out to sort of Unsully the name of the Veranus olivaceus, <laughs> give them the credit f- for the tree-climbing fruit-eating monitor lizards. They may or may not be, and that was the point of this. Yeah, paper. they're proact- They're proactive fruit eaters. They're not lazy. Well, that was Bennett's. That was what Bennett believed. But prior to this, the scientific community, led by Offenberg, was yeah. convinced that they were, you know, poking around at the bottom of the tree, sniffing around in the dirt, trying to find overripe fruit that had fallen to the bottom. Mm. And like we said, Polilo Island is um, smaller than Luzon, it's much smaller, it's tiny in comparison, and it's just to the east. So we're kind of still in the northern Philippines, but just slightly over to the east.
0: Yeah, and actually it's quite a similar study in a lot of ways, isn't it? They uh, attached spools, though quite, we should mention that these spools are very light weight, with like sub 5% of the body weight, and I've don't think really any of them come close to being even 5%. No. So on a 1 to 9 kilogram monitor lizard, don't think it's going to make a massive amount of difference. Don't think they're particularly bothered about this this thread trailing behind them.
1: No, they're going to be chilling.
0: I hope so. But... um.
1: Well, you yeah. can't really tell. It could be that it's deeply upsetting them and causing them to climb trees and eat fruit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're just driven insane by this spool of thread that they
1: can't get off their tail. Make it end! And, oh, just I like, can't spend time foraging on the ground, I've got to climb. <laughs> <laughs> they need to try and get rid of the spool. And so what they're doing is eating loads of poisonous fruit in the hope they'll lose weight from the tail and shed this horrible device. Oh, no. i think that's unlikely though i think that's unlikely they didn't i think it's extremely unlikely yeah, yeah. but um yeah so like you say they attach this ball in line they also used camera traps but they also did something else which was that they directly observed the lizards and tried to like clandestinely film them yeah so they had a series of like <laughs> what i can only describe as very sorry observers yeah up in little horrible. boxes at the bottom of trees yeah <laughs> And uh, it said in the paper, the exact words were, to reduce observer effects, individuals were deprived of mosquito repellent food, cigarettes and music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the life of a a field ecologist. Absolutely eh?
1: savage. And what do they get in return? An acknowledgement in the paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cheers, (laughs) Benny. To be fair,
0: on half the times, they got to see a monitor lizard climb a tree. Yeah,
1: so... That's a true prize. For every day, you spent in a box, cooped up, denied food, okay, I could go without music or cigarettes, but I can't go without food for 11 hours. Uh, Yeah, and for that, they got to see a monitor lizard, well, they got to see, on average, half a monitor lizard per day. So, one every other day.
0: I I think people would, you could set up a small travel agency that dealt in that experience (laughs) a lot. You'd make at least, Fifteen, maybe even
1: twenty pounds. <laughs> One sucker. Would you like to book again for next year? <laughs> Just like covered in mosquito bites, malnourished, clucking for a cigarette.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they might have seen a monitor that day. Yeah, well, that's how you get them
1: coming back. Yeah. Uh, ah, oh, how's your day? I need day? To have half like, of a monitor. Yeah, I mean, I've got dengue fever, but I saw half a monitor lizard. <laughs> oh. uh. Yeah, but obviously all their efforts were worth it because they actually did see these monitor lizards going up the trees and eating fruit. They didn't see them eating fruit on the ground. So what they did manage Mm. to do by spending time in these horrible hellish boxes was to vindicate Bennett and unsully the reputation of these majestic lizards.
0: Yes. And there's also, you know, there are other bits that have come from this, from the uh, camera trapping they did alongside. There's another paper by Bennett and Clemens, I think also in the same issue of BioAct 2014, I think.
1: Yes. Wow, fruity fruit monitor special.
0: Yeah, there was a true... The one I was talking about, uh, the the dubious account, was also in that 2014 issue. There's a whole oh, bunch of Bennett see. papers. It's just all, you know, all written up. Yeah, I just <laughs> wouldn't know that because
1: I never read a journal in its entirety, really, generally speaking. Not
0: not really, unless you've got a subscription to these things that,
1: yeah.
0: well, you know, are not made... Well, Biowack, I suppose, is free, so it doesn't actually matter. I was going to say we're not made of money, but...
1: No, true. You could do it for Biowack. I suppose
0: if I was studying monitor lizards, I probably would.
1: I'm sure lots of people do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the Bennett and Clements were suggesting they were spending 11 to 30 minutes, depending on the species of tree, up there foraging around. The maximum time spent in a tree was uh, nearly two hours in a single tree. And what seemed to be happening is they're not just willy-nilly running around eating whatever fruit they can get a hold of. They seem to be selecting uh, perfectly ripened fruit as opposed to overripe fruit, even though the overripe fruit come a lot easier off the branches. So they're willing to expend a little bit more effort and energy getting at fruit that doesn't you know, leave the tree as easily to get fruit that's spot on in terms of mm. their preference, in terms of rightness.
1: I do respect them for that. And another thing I thought was interesting was that the, in all the guts they analysed, they didn't really find any twigs. So they don't eat the twigs. They're like really mm. carefully picking the fruit off.
0: I mean, it makes sense. Monitor lizards aren't stupid lizards, are they?
1: They can count no. to
0: seven or something like that, can't they?
1: Well, I actually knew one that could count to eight. Oh, Albert. It worked at a bar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it worked at a bar.
1: <laughs> Eight pints please, Albert. Don't <laughs> order nine, you'll upset him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but uh I digress. So yeah, and it suggests I mean they don't go as far as to say this in the paper, but it suggests to me at least that these lizards have kind of a mental map of where the fruit trees are and where they're going to be good at certain times. Um, See, that would be the sort of incredible,
0: uh, like, natural history information you could garner from a multi-year study in the same location where you've got all Mm. the monitors of a population so you can pick up things like overlap and how they're interacting with each other in terms of best fruiting trees and things. Because we've talked about other... um, Oh, what was it? It was a boa episode, wasn't it? We talked about those boas that all gravitated to that one fruiting tree to get all the uh, bats slash birds that came to it.
1: Yeah. And I wonder C- if similar Cuban things boas. happen with
0: the monitor lizards, if there are prime trees.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions about their like sort of uh, mapping and memory capabilities because they've got an incredible sense of smell, and mm. so it could just be that they can... Smell the fruit that they want. I mean, that's just as likely.
0: But imagine having that. Oh, just that multi-year information
1: would be. It would be phenomenal. very cool. One day, one day, mm. one
0: day, we'll be able to hire a volunteer to follow a monitor lizard twenty-four-seven.
1: I feel like we should mention all these volunteers by name after their sacrifice, <laughs> <laughs> like a list of <laughs> fallen heroes. Yeah, they literally Oh, there are a lot of them, aren't there? Yeah Oh, do you know what else they did Which I thought was funny? They um they did the spool and line tracking on some snails To see if the snails that they eat go into trees Yes But um, they didn't see that They didn't see them any higher than three metres Which I mean, to be fair, for a snail That's a pretty ambitious height <laughs> Well, they don't want to go any further Because they
0: get even easier eaten by the monitor lizard.
1: Yeah, you don't want to make it too easy for them <laughs> Yeah but um, yeah, so basically, yeah, they they were doing much the same as the Bitter Towers, climbing around, eating fruit, eating snails. Um, And yeah, they weren't spending a lot of time in the fruit trees. Obviously, all this is kind of uh, generalizations from very little data, but the ones they did look at weren't spending a lot of time in trees that had fruit because the fruit trees weren't necessarily the best trees to hide from predators. So yes. they were kind of doing little sallies into fruit trees and then coming back and hiding out in the thicker trees with the kind of hollows that were a little bit more secure
0: see that's the sort of imagine again i'm just thinking of what this moves on to in terms of you have a bigger sample size and stuff but if you can show there's some sort of active selection during different times of day and Mm. for different activities and correlate those together you can get this really sort of detailed picture of what parts of the forest or characteristics of the forest these lizards are using for different activities and at different times, and hopefully understand why. I mean that ah, oh, there's just it's so close. <laughs> what
1: the title of that will be is toward a monitor lizard schedule. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I really like these monitor lizards. They're really cool. Um, oh, well, they're great. The Olivaceous kind of look, um, well, obviously they look broadly similar to the uh, Bitter Towers, but um, yeah, kind of stripy and a bit of yellow. Mm. I guess the yellow and black coloration is kind of dappled light in the trees.
0: Yeah, dappled light and just sort of breaking up That's any sort of shape, isn't it? It's mm. just high contrast because I can't imagine it has anything to do... It's not aposomatic in any way, is it?
1: Um, that would mm. seem a little... I don't know if it's dramatic enough for that. They look yeah. pretty well camouflaged.
0: Yeah, it would make sense for dappled light, wouldn't it? The sort of warm yellow mm. where light's breaking through trees, especially in sort of dry dipterocarp, that seems to...
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are slightly aposomatic, but I don't know because... Well, yeah, could well be. Mean. I can't imagine the big ones have many predators out there. No, I
0: don't think so. Maybe a big, big bird.
1: Yeah, or a big bear.
0: Big bear, bigger lapid.
1: Yeah, quite possible. Maybe a big python.
0: There? Big retic could take one.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's something called a binturong.
0: Oh, they're quite fun.
1: Wow. It's yeah. It's a bear cat. Yeah. It's a vivarid.
0: That's related to
1: civets. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, they maybe could eat a monitor. I don't know. Do they... What do they eat?
0: I don't know. Civ- civets... I don't know. I've been quite... I've looked into a little bit of the diets of civets and I wasn't massively satisfied with the diversity of dietary studies that have been done. But the ones I saw, they're pretty uh, easygoing in terms of fruit and animals and all sorts mm. I think yeah, it, it varies like... quite a lot between species, or at least that's yeah. what I sort of gathered with the limited reading I did
1: Yeah, it seems like binturongs kind of eat anything omnivorous Yeah Cool, so um, yeah, fruit eating monitors Yeah They're cool, I like them uh, Yeah, they're really cool Well done to them for evolving to eat fruit and making their lives easier
0: Yeah Nice, peaceful monitor lizard.
1: Did you have a look at the fruit they eat? By the way, I googled. No, I it. didn't. Um, I hope I still got. Yeah, so I googled uh, pandanus, which is one of the fruits that they seem to be eating. It looks like a giant pine cone um, with like kernels that come off, and each kernel is kind of like the size of the palm of your hand. Uh, and they look like mm. kind of sweet corn kernels. It looks delicious, and human beings apparently can eat it.
0: Well, should get some next time.
1: Either of us are in the Philippines. Yeah, I mean, for me it wouldn't be a next time. I've never been to the Philippines, but...
0: Yeah, same here. I don't know why I said next time.
1: (laughs) Apparently, yeah, the people use the leaves for cooking. Use them to wrap rice. And they make juice as well. Nice. But also the fruit is delicious. But also coveted by
0: monitor lizards,
1: so... Wow. Apparently it's a mixture between sugarcane and mango the taste. I mean that sounds
0: that incredible. That sounds amazing.
1: And the texture is like thick nectar. What?
0: <laughs> Bring me some of this mystery philippine fruit. Wow.
1: Massive. They're huge. Oh this is super cool. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Should we move on to the uh species of the By week? The week. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, we have, not a monitor lizard unfortunately, uh, we have a paper by Brown, Smart, Leverton and Smith, published in 2018, a new species of long-glanded coral snake of the genus Callophis from the Dinagat Island with notes on the biogeography and species diversity of Philippine Calliophis and Hemibungaris, published in Herpetologica.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's a new coral snake.
0: A rather striking new coral snake too.
1: Yeah, it's a shame there's no pictures of it in life, but the the drawing that they've got is pretty cool in the paper.
0: Yeah, and you can I don't know, I when I saw it I thought, ah, that looks like someone has cellotaped a uh Bungaris Candidus and Calliophis... uh what was it?
1: Is it Maculiceps, something like that? I can't remember. Uh
0: Bivagata? Bivagata?
1: Oh, yeah. They're really closely related to Bivagata. Yeah?
0: So, I'm talking about Malayan Crate and... I don't know the common name of the other guy.
1: Uh, What? Bivagata? Yeah. I don't either. Let me have a look. Uh, Malayan Coral Snake.
0: Malayan Coral Snake. There you go. So, you've got this beautiful black and white banding of your Malayan Crate and then this fantastic burnt orange red tail that takes up what do they say 14 percent of the body length yeah of the total length sorry yeah absolutely stunning snake
1: yeah yeah i mean that's a perfect description really it's just got these kind of like muddy muddy off-white background with black bands and then yeah this crazy red tail which presumably is just a big watch out i'm quite dangerous
0: Mm. or a sort of just something to distract
1: yeah because that's something
0: that uh bungaris species do isn't it they hide the head so you don't really know which ends you know yeah they do bitey
1: yeah they do do that
0: yeah so i wonder if it's could well be that it's a bit of both
1: yeah um yeah and so the way they did this study was that they basically just looked at loads and loads of philippine coral snakes that were in tons and tons of different museums um and they eventually found this one specimen, which was collected way back in 2007. Um, and they were just sort of, by this time, they were obviously experts in Calliophus from the local area. And this one didn't really match up to anything they knew. And, um, yeah, lo and behold, it's a brand new species.
0: Yeah. And from... hasn't really been
1: found since, right, as far as I gather? As far as the paper says, no. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it's um, from Dinagat Island, which is in Mindanao, which is the South Philippines. Mm. And what's the scientific name? Oh, Caliophis uh, salitan. Salitan, which comes from the Filipino term salitan, meaning alternating in reference to the distinctive alternating black and off-white banded colour pattern.
0: Yeah, See, that's uh, quite nice, isn't it?
1: Yeah, using agree. a
0: native tongue and it's descriptive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and uh, the suggested common name is the Dinnegat Island banded coral snake.
0: Straight to the point.
1: Mm, no messing. And yeah, the place it was found, the snake was kind of crawling around in a r- largely dry stream bed late, late in the dry season, in the late evening, and um, the area it was in was kind of dominated by selectively logged second growth forest. So. It was existing mm. in some secondary forest, obviously that you know doesn't mean anything. Has anyone ever been seen, but um, yeah, that's you know. what's
0: sort of odd is like all this sort of information that goes alongside it, it all feels a bit like it could have just been a weird one, couldn't it, and really <laughs> being found in a dry stream bed like that it's like, oh okay, that's just sort of Calliophis Bungaris sort of behavior mm. it doesn't seem <laughs> yeah.
1: Not too yeah, surprising. and you look at the you look at the phylogeny and it's um closely related to Calliophus bivagatus uh which we just said Bivagata. Yeah, B- that's interesting actually, isn't
0: it? Like, yeah, that coloration too. That's mm. cool.
1: Yeah, and of course distantly related to all the other the lapids of the region, your king cobras and your various other Cobras and crates and other coral snakes. Oh, and even sea snakes, sea crates as well down there.
0: Yeah, they included a
1: wicked diversity, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, they did actually, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that, you know, a nice looking new venomous snake for the Philippines.
0: Yeah, not much to say if you don't want to sort of dig into the rather daunting description they've done of the current status of Calliophis taxonomy, which I think we might sidestep for now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, boy, is it in-depth. Yes. Solid 17 pages. Uh, yeah, anyway. Interesting her, her hemipenes. Always enjoy some photos of some hemipenes.
0: Man, they are weird.
1: They are so weird. What a horrible thing to have inside. Um Yeah. Which yeah. one's the which one's the one we're looking at? So it's C. Ah, yeah, very spiky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not immediately apparent the differences.
1: No. <laughs> well, it's slightly less blue than the other one. No. <laughs> Don't think that's uh... a character. Cool. Yeah, so that pretty much sums it up. Um, Yeah, Uh, I'll put that video of the Varanus Titch. Yeah, Pokey Pokey the. Uh, What did I say it was called? Pokey the lizard, Varanus spanus. I'll put that in the show notes. Cool.
0: I think that pretty much rounds us off then, does it?
1: Yeah, I think so, mate. I think we've done fruit eating monitors quite quite well there. Excellent. Any other business? Any other business? I I thought you wanted to talk about those toads throwing up the bugs. Oh my gosh, I'd completely forgotten. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I still... no, I'm always I'm... going
0: on about, oh, this thing can't eat toads. Oh, look at the power of this mighty toad. But here's a, here's a paper where the toads... Well, they get their sort of just comeuppance, don't they? (laughs) Because these little bombardier beetles, the toad eats the bombardier beetle, the bombardier beetle spits out, shoots out its toxin inside the toad, and then he, you know, the toad's forced to vomit it back up because it's so vile and, you know, toxic. That's usually what things do when they eat a toad and they get all ill. So it's this, I I love this sort of shoes on the other foot toad. See how you like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a great video it.
0: And just just throwing up these these bombardier beetles.
1: It's so awful to eat something and then feel it emit a noxious substance whilst wriggling around inside you, and then have oh, to stick just... it back up. Yeah, I can't. I I mean, I haven't got any kind of experience to draw upon. That just sounds awful.
0: I I don't think you ever want to be able to. Uh... sympathise with what this toad's going for it must be we've got (laughs) reading things explosion was audible inside each toad the researchers wrote in the study and stuff like (laughs) what? you could hear the uh, the bug explosions
1: that's not one
0: so just as a citation this was published in uh, Royal Society Publishing Uh, what's the proper name for that?
1: Uh, proceedings, Royal. Society,
0: proceedings of the Royal Society of Biological Sciences, um, by uh, Sagira and Sato, very recently, twenty eighteen. Obviously, yeah, really, really cool. <laughs> well Colin worth watching Kate. the video of a toad throwing up a bombardier beetle. Uh,
1: I mean, it, it, it. I mean, you don't have to. That's
0: that's it's I'm gonna do it
1: now. I'm gonna do it now.
0: Entirely optional.
1: Poor to- toad-eating Bombardier beetle. Watch. Where's the video? Oh, okay, here we go. What kind of toad is that, Ben?
0: It's Bufo japonensis? okay.
1: Japonicus, sorry. Japonicus. Okay. Right, That's Okay, so we have here a bug being picked up with tweezers. Oh, it, it gave a little shot. A hot chemical spray. Oh, gosh.
0: Oh, actually, there were two two uh, Bufo species oh. used. There was also uh, Bufo... Uh, Terencola. Okay.
1: Oh, man. Okay, so now we're on to the toad. Here it is. <laughs> the toad's just walking around. Oh, it's eating the bug. Oh. 88 minutes. Oh, the toad's having a hell of a time. Oh, God, <laughs> that was awful. Oh, that was horrible. Oh. 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 The... <laughs> it's incredible, oh. isn't it? that is horrible the toad just looks so uncomfortable its poor little eyes its back arches oh the toad yeah she didn't enjoy that no that's not good but shows the power of toxicity doesn't it quite an amazing video actually yeah i watched the video bombardier <laughs> i watched this video of a guy getting stung by a um oh, what was it uh the bullet ant <laughs> There's this, there's this guy and he goes around getting all the most horrible insects in the world to bite and sting him oh that him. guy <laughs> oh it's absolutely priceless it's Just just why rolling around on the floor in agony I guess it's because he gets millions and millions of YouTube hits and makes money from it I mean it's a small price to pay isn't it yeah, Five but, minutes yeah of...
0: but no, that, that doesn't work that way does it because he must have started that to know that it made money <laughs> for that to be a justification
1: yeah, that's true. So initially... I, remember,
0: I really hope this pays off, because I'm in incredible pain here. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty sick thing to watch, but if you're interested, Google it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I was just bringing up vomiting toads, and now you've gone gone to yeah. some weird masochism, man.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those ones where you're scrolling through on Facebook, and then it's just that, and you just think, oh, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five minutes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> ah, right, okay then. Sweet.
0: I think that's just about it, right? I think so. Um, props to anybody and everybody who's voted for us an old reptile report. I think that's ah, for yeah, closing thanks. up as we record this on the Sunday.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh but thank you for advance in advance. That's really neat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to get a mention as a as a podcast on Reptile Report. Uh, yeah. 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 As always, if you want to get in touch with us, email us herphighlights at gmail.com or we're on Facebook. Um, just find facebook.com slash highlights, and we're on Twitter at highlights. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, if you got any suggestions, this was a suggestion. So it yeah, was. send your suggestions in and we'll, we'll consider doing them. Or we might even put them to a vote.
0: Oh, I did quite like the, the vote idea I quite yeah that was that was a good idea of yours
1: yeah I didn't advertise it as well as I could obviously I was hoping for more votes but you know what are you going to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're going to make multiple fake Twitter accounts
1: yeah well no because what I was going to do is like retweet it and reshare it and stuff but then I had a manic Monday, Tuesday this week just like some of the most difficult thinking of my young life so I forgot to do anything on social media
0: well, I'm sure that's fine. We'll do yeah. another poll soon, <laughs> won't we? And we've got some yeah. other suggestions to be doing as well. So Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Alright. Well uh yeah, thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks
0: everybody for listening. Laptop. <laughs> yeah? What's your oh, I'm gonna have to deal with this, I'll be right back.
1: Get out of here, Cap.
0: You're not a model lizard. <laughs>